you know, for years I struggled with the idea that success was always something you had to chase. There's always another horizon. There's always another project, another win that you had to rush for. And even when you got it, even when you achieved that victory, you went right back to this chase. And uh, I just knew there had to be a better way. And, uh, and I found it. And once you get there, man, everything, everything changes. Need nothing, appreciate everything, have it all. Welcome to the podcast that helps you architect your most self-authorized, productive, and fulfilled life. Join action philosopher Jesse Elder on a journey to greater joy, freedom, and wealth of every kind as he shares insights gained from the leading edge of liberated living. The hardest part is accepting just how easy success can be. And now, Jesse. Hey, it's Jesse, and welcome to the podcast. And welcome back. If this is your uh, not your first show here. I'm so fired up to share this material with you. This is one of the most simple concepts, and yet, candidly, it took me years before I could accept that that this was uh, <laughs> easy. I made it a lot harder than it had to be, and yet, uh, life has completely shifted once I started applying this really simple philosophy. So hang in there for, uh, for some action philosophy that I really believe can make a huge difference, not only in your results, but just your day-to-day experience of life. A lot less stress, a lot more fun, and, uh, and a lot more progress. So let's, let's dive in. As I've talked about before, there's, uh, you know, I've, I've got a background in martial arts. I spent years of my life, I mean, from the time I was a kid for a couple of decades, training, teaching, competing. And I, I learned so much about the mind and about the body and about, you know, your, your inner dialogue and, you know, all of, all of this just human stuff. And for years, my goal, the, the big driver for me was victory in the ring. You know, I wanted to win the tournament. I wanted to win the match. Um, and sometimes my goal was to not get beaten. Sometimes my goal was to survive. But there was always an outcome. There was always a single outcome that I was focused on. And all of my training went uh, towards that. And this is a very uh, common philosophy in our world right now. You've got the goal, you've got the outcome, you've got the thing you're chasing, whether that's a, a better body or having you know more money in your bank account or getting that perfect relationship status so that you can update it on Facebook. <laughs> There's all these goals that we've that we want or that we've been taught to want. And so what ends up happening is we we mold our whole life towards chasing those goals. We aim all of our energy towards the achievement of those goals. And I certainly did that in the ring and I achieved some success as I would focus on the, on the victory. I would train accordingly. And more often than not, I would end up with, with the win. And then that translated also into my martial arts school. When I opened the school, uh, which in itself was a huge goal, I had all of these separate goals. You know, how many students did I want to enroll? How many uh, people were going to take their next belt promotion? 
And I would set up all these numbers. And looking back, it was exhausting, absolutely draining to be continually measuring myself against these numbers. And the reason it was draining is because I always felt behind. Yes, it was nice to be making progress, but it seemed like the more that my vision grew, you know, the, the, more, the more that I wanted to experience, the more there was to keep track of. And pretty soon I had all of these numbers in place and it looked like some complicated mathematical equation up on my whiteboard and it was draining. And I found myself really not interested because I didn't have the energy. I just wanted to teach. That's really all I wanted to do. And I'd find myself backing off of these elaborate charts and these elaborate scoreboards. And then I'd feel guilty. You know, I'd start to feel like a loser because I'm not serious about my goals. And I was sure, <laughs> in my own mind, I was sure that those other guys who were running really successful schools, they were probably on top of their charts. They were probably really with it. You know, and I made up all these stories about how other people were doing things that I wasn't and they were better than me. And yeah, I, I really, really screwed myself over pretty good mentally. And so the weird, this is when things kind of got, got weird. When I would back off from the insane amount of, of, you know, measuring and aiming and, and, and all of that. And I would just go and enjoy teaching. I would just go and teach a great class and I would get the students involved and, and the parents would be clapping and motivating. And, you know, sometimes we'd play some music and the students are sweating and, you know, really, I mean, it was just a very high energy environment. When I would just do that, I felt so fulfilled and I felt so happy. I could see the progress the students were making. I got really connected to, to my purpose and I just felt <laughs> chills as I'm talking about it now. I just felt so tapped in to, to the energy of, of that message and of that work. And I realized after a couple of days of, of teaching that I was having so much fun. Um, what I started to notice is that the retention was higher. No surprise, right? People are having a great class. They want to come back for more. And I started to notice that people would bring their friends. You know, we, we would have, have people telling others about our school. People wanted to have the latest training equipment because they were having so much fun. They were now more emotionally invested in the training, which led to uh, a greater financial investment. You know, they wanted the latest heavy bag. They wanted the latest safety equipment. They wanted that new uniform. And it... it I can say it now in a few seconds, but it actually took me a couple of years until I trusted this fully. But I started to realize that the biggest results, all of this winning, was coming as a natural byproduct of choosing to be in flow. All of these wins, the results of the students, the, the smiles on the faces of, of the parents who were bringing their kids to the class, my own joy, my own, my own passion for teaching, that, the decision to be in that space was creating these natural byproducts of referrals and more students and greater investments. 
not measuring against some giant goal and kind of beating myself up because I wasn't there yet, but just choosing to be in this, in this space of having fun and, and fun with a purpose, you know, I mean, you, you don't just go out there and, you know, be goofy. You got to get in there and, and be competent too. But what ended up happening was this sort of led to all these other, other areas. I started to wonder, well, what if I, what if I competed like this? What if I could train from this place of the love of training not to go and beat some opponent or you know, try and hold myself to some standard, but what if I could just relax and just flow and when I'm training, just feel the lightness in my body and the, and the quickness of hitting the target and, and just get in that timeless space of just being, but, but being from this sort of savage primal place of effectiveness and efficiency and improving the technique because it felt good to improve, not so that I could go dominate the opponent. And I began to have a much more lighthearted approach to competition. I started to take myself a lot less seriously. And it's so weird. All the energy that I was going into, you know, proving myself, that energy went into the, the training. It went into the technique, not trying to, to, to prove how good I was or how tough I was. It just went into the, to the training. And what came out the other side was predictable. I had a lot more fun competing. I was relaxed. I could, could be, you know, two minutes before a match and just still laying down on the bleachers with a you know, hood pulled over my head. Nice meditation, relaxing. I'd warmed up already, so I was nice and chill. And I would get in the ring and almost feel like everything is moving in slow motion. And I felt such a calm, grounded energy. And I'd see my opponents sometimes would be, you know, really amped up and really just like, rah, ready to go. And I would just feel so calm and so relaxed and just so embodied and so just present. And those were the matches that not only were more memorable, they were enjoyable. And of course it was intense. I mean, you don't, you don't enter a, a full contact martial arts match without a level of intensity but it seemed somehow that there was a, a core inside of me, like a, a core energy, my, my, my emotions, my sense of well-being was expanded. I didn't feel moved around by the match or moved around by the mood of the fight. I felt calm. I felt, I felt centered, even in the middle of this chaos. And I not only felt better, I did better. I won. And I kept winning. And this, I, I don't want this to sound like a bunch of bragging. It's not. I've had my, more than my fair share of losses. But the, the point that I want to share is that this way of, of being, this focus on, on the feeling, focusing on the enjoyment of what there is to do, taking a little bit of attention off of the future goal and where it needs to be later and just focusing on how it feels right now and finding the the flow of the moment being present with what is savoring the details of what's happening right now i started to see that after doing this for even a couple of days the results that were being created behind me and the results that were being created by others were 
far superior to anything that would have happened when I applied my logical brain to, I'm going to create the perfect system. I, I started to realize that there's a lot more power. There's a lot more energy in being present and finding that flow and just saying yes to what feels like, you know, the best next thing. And so in this way, all of these, these beautiful outcomes became natural byproducts. They became natural byproducts of this, of this flow. And I'm going to give you one more example, just because I, I, I really wanted to share with you uh, what, what a huge part of my life this, this very simple philosophy is. Uh, and then I'll perhaps share some ways that you might be able to do this in your own life in, in the areas that are important to you, if that's, uh, that's cool with you. Um, you know, when I, when I sold my martial arts schools, uh, in 2013, I also left a marriage of 11 years and had, uh, a total, uh, life ectomy. <laughs> it was a complete removal of my old life. And it was, uh, really entering into a very uncharted territory. Um, to say that I had a lot of uncertainty would be a, a total understatement. And yet, I really knew, uh, I really trusted and, and felt like I, I, somehow I was, I was guided or, or that I just knew that there was something that, that was coming that I knew would be good. Didn't know what it would look like, but I just trusted. And I trusted myself. I trusted my training. I trusted all the things that I'd experienced. And so I had a couple of clients who I really loved working with. They were getting great results, which meant that I had some job security and, you know, I was paying my bills, you know, I was not in any stretch, uh, living in, in poverty, uh, but there, there really wasn't, wasn't anything left over is, you know, kind of paying rent and, and, uh, you know, taking things a day at a time. And in September of 2013, I made a video and I put it on Facebook and, you know, this is before Facebook live or anything. So I, you know, I recorded the video on my phone, uh, uploaded it. And the video was called 70 Seconds to Self-Mastery. It was uh, one minute, 10 seconds long. And it was just some things that I'd observed about this world, uh, about this universe and how things, how things work. Well, I had about 300 friends at the time. And a couple of weeks later, that video had more shares than I had friends. And it was very encouraging. Uh, in, in hindsight, I realized that a lot of that video and, and the videos that followed were uh, actually very therapeutic for me. You know, I was, I was grieving the, the, the loss of my old life in a lot of ways. And while I knew that I had made the right choices and I trusted everything was working out, there's still a lot of pain and there was a lot of sadness and there was, there was a lot of, um, you know, just, just loss. It, it just wasn't fun. And making those videos made me feel a sense of purpose. It made me feel connected to something bigger than me. It made me feel useful. It made me feel like I was making some kind of difference in the world. And so I just kept making videos. There was no strategy behind it. There was no um, plan. They were not part of a campaign. It just felt like the right thing to do. And I was observing that people were getting value from it. People were, were commenting and, and sharing the videos and, and saying, wow, you know, that really, you know, I really like that. That really makes me think differently. 
And I thought, well, this is great. Let me just keep putting these out there. So I just kept making videos and I thought back to those earlier days in the martial arts where I just taught class because that felt like the right thing to do. Now, sure, 2013, I could have definitely used the money. I mean, if I, if I could have known that, you know, this would be, end up becoming a, a very successful enterprise, you know, I, I might have felt a little bit better and, and had more confidence. But I, I didn't need that. I wasn't really looking for that. I just knew it felt right to make those videos. And you probably have your version of this. You know, for you, it might be videos or it might be um, painting. It might be uh, working out more. It might be spending more time with friends. It might be writing emails. It might be writing a book. It might be, there's so many ways that you can creatively express yourself. The common theme here is the feeling. There are things that make you feel more like you. When I was making those videos, I felt more like me. I felt like the best version of me. And I liked that feeling. I liked being in flow. I didn't like the, the overwhelmed Jesse. I didn't like the, the, the depressed, you know, sort of melancholy Jesse. I liked the version of me that felt alive and felt useful and felt engaged with life and, and with people. And videos made me feel that way. So I made more videos. And as, as time went on, I started to see, based on the videos, I started to see more uh, ideas. You know, I started to realize that there were problems that people had that I was in a position to, to perhaps solve or help them solve. And so making those videos led to the idea of doing an online course. And so I put this course together and called it The Upgraded Life. And because people already liked the videos, it was a kind of easy thing to try this course. And next thing you know, I had made uh, a sale. I couldn't believe it. How this is amazing. I'm not even putting on my martial arts uniform. We're not even out on the mat sweating and hitting the bags. We're actually on our phones. And yet people are getting all this value because they're thinking differently. And then they're feeling better. And then they're taking actions that they've been avoiding for years. And then they're getting great results in their life. All because of staying in this state of flow. All because of staying in this space of doing what felt right. Doing what felt good. Not to achieve some outcome, the outcomes that were achieved were the natural byproduct, the inevitable result of doing the thing. So instead of doing the thing, in this case, making videos so that I could make sales, no, a sale, a, a, a financial commitment on the part of a, of a viewer, you know, somebody who decided that they wanted to you know, use my materials to help them upgrade their life, that decision was the, just the natural byproduct of me being in flow, them being in flow, and it was this beautiful sort of like this collaboration, this, this partnership. And that's something that I've continued to do to this day. And I've not always been great at it. I've certainly gotten, you know, all up in my head about the right strategy. And now we have to do this and plan it out. And, you know, with all due respect to people that, that do think that way and do operate that way, uh, I just don't. And, and it's not fun for me <laughs> uh, to, to, the, to the sometimes frustration of people that, you know, they want to help and they're trying to help. And, you know, they, they see, oh, we can do this plan and this strategy. But... You know, the moment it's not fun, the moment the energy starts to disappear, 
I just am unwilling or, or maybe unable to force myself to do it. And, and I have a lot of evidence in my life to show that as long as I just follow my heart and as long as I just stay centered, uh, things work out better than I can possibly imagine when I'm you know, all up in my logical brain. So, you know, the, the, the theme of this podcast is winning as a natural state. And so, you know, let's, let's look at, let's talk about you for a second. You know, you, you, like any healthy human, you have goals, dreams. Um, you have things that you'd like to experience that are different than what you're experiencing right now. And, and maybe there are some things happening that are not so pleasant. You know, maybe your goal is to just solve a problem. You know, maybe, maybe it's getting, you know, back up to the surface, so to speak, you know, getting out of this hole that we all find ourselves in. Maybe that's what your vision is right now. But regardless of what that particular vision looks like, regardless of, of what your, the, the thing that you'd like to experience, what I'd like to invite you to consider is that instead of crafting this master plan and making all of these steps on paper and, and building this thing, what if you just reverse engineered this? What I mean is, what if you just looked at what can you do today, right, right now, to feel more like you? You know, that, that core feeling. And I'm talking about your base frequency. I mean, your sense of self. Yes, you have lots of roles. You have responsibilities. You have other people that are counting on you. But underneath all of those obligations and underneath those opportunities to connect with others and underneath all of your roles and all of your agreements is you. It's your connection with you. It's, it's your heart. It's your own mind. It's your life. And you might be thinking, well, yeah, but if I just do what I want to do, then I'm going to let all these people down. Well, I've yet to see somebody who tuned a little more into their heart let others down. I just don't think you can go wrong by giving a little more attention to what's happening inside and doing a little bit more of what feels right for you and taking a little more time for yourself. And, and I don't know exactly what that is for you. I don't know what makes you feel more like you. You know, there, there are multiple times during the day that I'll even wonder what it is for me. You know, I, I just recorded a, a video. I just worked with a client. I just, you know, wrote this uh, post on Facebook about an upcoming, you know, live video that I'm going to do. Okay, cool. Those are all the things. I just checked in with, you know, some friends. I just booked a ticket somewhere. Okay, cool. Now that's done. What feels like me? What, what, what do I really feel like doing right now? And sometimes the answer is, I don't know. But I've just realized I'm unwilling to just go through the motions 
Because that's not where flow lives. That's not where this space of timelessness and presence, that's not where the most energy and joy of life is, is going through the motions. A couple of days ago, I found myself in that space thinking, wow, what, what would feel really right right now? And you know, what the, you know what answer I got? Go listen to some vinyl. You know, I've been, been beefing up my vinyl collection lately because I just really think that's cool. I don't know. It reminds me of being a kid or something. And so I'll put these headphones on and put on a good vinyl, uh, Explosions in the Sky in this case. I love that group so much. And I'll just sit and put these, these headphones on and listen to this vinyl and just look around the office. And I'll just admire and appreciate the details and, you know, things that I've gotten from students and clients that are, you know, gifts on the shelves. And, you know, then I'll see a journal. And I just find myself in this space of appreciation and awe and wonder. And my heart is just filling up and I'm feeling this music. And next thing you know, in that space... I get an idea about, you know, somebody to message or, you know, somebody who's, who's helped me that I, you know, I want to, I want to send some appreciation their way. And next thing you know, I'm off in a whole new trajectory that I don't know if that would have happened if I hadn't have followed that flow. Does this, does this make any sense at all? I, I really, I, I hope you can see the practicality in this. There is more opportunity in the world right now than anybody can possibly maximize. There are, the opportunities are multiplying far faster than anyone's ability to make use of. But in order for any one of us to seize these opportunities, let alone you know, even see these opportunities, for, for that to happen, we have to be good with ourselves Otherwise, we're operating in a space of neediness, a space of lack and deficiency. And, you know, I'm, I'm not pointing any fingers here. I just know that it's very fashionable right now um, for, for people to hustle and grind and, you know, pride themselves on how little they sleep. That is stupid. That is absolutely, I guess I am kind of pointing fingers. <laughs> I think it's personally stupid to pride yourself on how many hours you work. What sort of badge of courage or honor or value is that? Human beings are not machines. We are humans being. And work is one very um, actually small part of our existence. In our ancestors, hunter-gatherer societies only worked three to four hours a day. That's all that was required for their survival and for their ability to thrive in their own way. There was a, a very clean division of labor. If you were a hunter, you hunted. If you forage, if you're a forager, you foraged. If you made, you know, the, the shelter, you made the shelter. If you, you know, raised the kids, you raised the kids. Everybody knew what their role was and they just did that role. It was stupid for them to think about cross-training and trying to be all these different things. And everybody knew their place. Everybody was the thing that they were kind of built to do. And as a result, they were, they were very efficient. And they had all the rest of this time to explore nature and to ponder the universe and to make new foragers and new, <laughs> make new hunter-gatherers. And it was, it was kind of this blissful existence, you know, perhaps a little brutish because we're not, you know, we're not used to it these days. You know, we need, we need the creature comforts of this world. But at what point did it become a, 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 
like a success symbol to work 80 hours a week. That is, it's asinine. Now, if somebody loves that, that's cool. Uh, I've just observed, and I'll speak subjectively in my own experience. If I work more than 20 hours a week, I become quickly unqualified to do the things that I'm, that I'm here to do. What does that mean? Well, if I'm working more than 20 hours a week, it means there's areas of my life that I am not actively engaging in. If I work more than 20 hours a week, you know, teaching, cr- producing content, uh, working with clients, if I spend more than 20 hours a week doing that stuff, that eats into and takes away from my music, spending time with family and friends, going on long hikes, traveling, seeing the world, eating new kind of food, hearing new kind of music, meeting new people, um, jujitsu, yoga, uh, lifting weights. These are things of, these are parts of my life that are as important, in some ways more important than work. Because if I'm not doing all of these things, then I'm no longer on my own leading edge. And what the hell kind of coach would I be if all of a sudden I was spending all of my time teaching and all of my time coaching? I become boring, stagnant, and absolutely 100% unqualified to be able to talk about any of these philosophies. These philosophies are only as good as their relevance in my life. And so for me, it makes no sense to, to work more than 20 hours a week. And because of the leverage of technology and collaboration and working with other people in their genius, there's, there's just no reason for us to, to keep working like machines. Let the machines do that work so that we can be human. Now, you might be listening to this thinking, okay, dude, easy for you, but I've got a nine to five job. I've got four kids. I've got uh, an aging parent. I've got a spouse who doesn't get me. I've got this, this lower back issue that's been giving me a hard time and I haven't been sleeping. So where the hell is my bliss? Well, that's a fair question. And all I'm going to say is that you get to choose at what level you will allow other things and other people to be more important than you. Let me say that again a little differently. You get to choose how important you're going to make yourself. And I get it. Look, I've, I've done the family thing with, with, with young kids, sleepless nights, teaching 40 to 50 classes a week, on top of training my staff, on top of marketing and selling. I, I look, I get it. I know what that's like. I also know how much it sucks to try and live that kind of life without taking care of yourself. And it was actually in the depths of that chaos that I made meditation and self-care and, and you know, getting body work done every week and training and working out and journaling. I made those things even more important just as a, as a sort of survival skill. But then I realized the more important I made those things, the more important I made meditation, the more important I made journaling, the better I was in all of those situations. In fact, I, I would consider it a, a total negligence if I were to be in any kind of relationship, personal or professional, that I wasn't bringing the best of myself to. So I don't know where you're at on this, but personally, 
I just don't think it's ethical. I don't think it's, it's right to inflict a lesser version of myself onto somebody else. Why would I want somebody to be around a, a, a miserable me when I can do things in my own life to fill up my tanks, find my frequency, whether it's meditation, listening to vinyl, going for a walk, and then bring more presence, more energy, more life, more light to that situation. So if you're sitting here listening to this thinking, yeah, great, dude, good for you, easy, but I got all this stuff to do. Well, yeah, you do. And you have 168 hours in every week. 168 hours in every single week. You know, maybe you can take, I don't know, 80 of those minutes and drop into a 20-minute meditation once a day. Now, I get it. If you don't have 80 minutes out of 168 hours, that's a, definitely a unique choice that you've uh, created there. But nobody's doing this to you. You might have agreed to a bunch of things. You might have gone along with a lot of things. But if you've agreed to something, you can also agree to something else. You can agree to put yourself a little higher on the list. You have appointments with everybody else all day. Why not have an appointment with the most important person in your life, which is you. And I believe that you'll find, no, that's putting it mildly. I know, <laughs> I know what's going to happen. Every single time somebody puts themselves higher up on the list, they become a better version of themselves and their life begins to reflect that. Your life your relationships, your money, your social life, your work, all of that is a reflection of how fully you're showing up, how much of you is showing up. How much are you giving? How much are you willing to receive? So doesn't it just make sense to start with that? Doesn't it just make sense to start by finding your own frequency, finding your own flow, Investing a few minutes every day in how you feel and doing what you want to do so that other people around you benefit from this expanded version of you, this happier version of you, this version of you that has got their needs met. It might not always be a very clean process, but it's always a worthy one. And I believe based on my experience and, and seeing lots of folks go through this process, that as you continually tap into your own frequency and tap into your own flow, all those outcomes that you set for yourself as targets to be reached and then to be enjoyed, I think you'll find those things happening a lot faster. I know in my life, I, I, sometimes this stuff just happens almost as fast as I think it. There seems to be a direct correlation between the way that I'm feeling and the speed with which these so-called impossible dreams start coming to life. And, I, and I'm, at this point, I'm, I'm convinced that this is a responsive universe and it's always responding to our frequency. If we're putting out a frequency, putting out an energy of stress and struggle and strain, and somehow we see or, or we're 
I don't know, maybe given more to stress about, more to struggle with, more things to strain with. But if we can find our own flow, find our feelings of our own well-being, our own frequency, very, very quickly, it seems that this universe is sort of responding to that. And we get more to appreciate. We get more to laugh with. We get more to play with. We get more light and love coming back to us. I I really believe that we are the creator of this. We are the source of this. And I realize that, you know, there are a lot of people that might hear that and go, yeah, but what about God? Well, what about God? In the Bible, it says God created man in his image. When I was a kid growing up reading the Bible, I interpreted that to mean humans. And if God created humans in the image of God, that means humans have the qualities of God, have the the abilities of God, which are to generate, to organize, and then to dissolve, and then to generate into something else. This is the breathing of the universe. Generation, organization, and then disintegration. G-O-D, that is, uh, seems to me a very reliable God. And so if somebody chooses to delegate their creative powers to an entity, which is calling all the shots, then that choice will yield predictable results. Someone can also choose to see themselves as an extension of that energy, as a partner of that energy, as an ambassador of that energy, maybe even as the, as the executor of that energy, and maybe even as that energy itself. And if that's the case, then your life is always under construction and you're always calling the shots. I hope that this philosophy and this time uh, today has been useful for you. Chasing outcomes so that you can be happy is uh, very fashionable right now. But I've observed that in terms of performance, in terms of measurable outcomes in every way that I can measure in my own life, going with the flow, Imagining clearly what it is that I'd like to create, experience, what I'd like to receive, what I'd like to, how I'd, how I'd like to share, how I want to play, how I want to laugh, being willing to cry, sharing this full spectrum life experience is outperforming any sort of intellectual, academic sort of dry planning by many, many orders of magnitude. Life actually can be a series of miracles unfolding just as fast as you can allow them to. And as with everything, I'm not ever asking you or never inviting you to trust me. Screw that. (laughs) Don't trust anybody. Test. Test for yourself and judge by results. Thank you for tuning in. It is an honor to share these philosophies that have made such a difference in my life. And if this has value for you, please apply it. If you know somebody that would benefit from this, then please feel free to pass along this message to them. And uh, I really, really appreciate uh, all of the ratings and all of the reviews. That is uh, immense 
feedback for me, uh, and it, it really helps me to, uh, to stay connected to the real purpose of this, which is to, to see uh, evolution happening and, and to see expansion occurring. So thanks for playing along. Thanks for being part of this. And until next time, this is your host, Jesse Elder, saying peace and power. Have an amazing day. Thank you.